नमस्ते फेब्ररी सेवेंटींथ नाइनटीन फोर्टीन वी नो यू नो वेन वी रीड द मदर्स प्रेयर्स वट इज ब्यूटिफुल इज दैट शी इज कॉन्स्टेंटली रीओरिएंटिंग अस कॉन्स्टेंटली इन वन ऑफ आर पैसेजेज इन इज देयर इन कलेक्टेड वर्क ऑफ द मदर वॉल्यूम थ्री सी टीचेज द एसेंस ऑफ डिटैचमेंट वेरी ऑफन वी प्रैक्टिस डिटैचमेंट इन ए फोर्स्ड वे इन अट इज समथिंग टू बी प्रैक्टिस लाइक दैट सो एट वन प्लेस सी सेज देर इज नो प्लेस फॉर रिनाउंसिएशन इन अवर योगा then she says if you feel the need to renounce something that means you are not yet ready for god now this is we are talking about renunciation why because what do you renounce you value it a lot and so you are renouncing it and if you value something like that like people go and take off their hairs if you are valuing your hairs then how do you expect god by taking away these things so as long as we value something that we need to renounce it god is not fooled by our pretense what is important is to decide once and for all what is it that we really value that which is eternal or that which is transient that choice comes every time and this is the fundamental of course later on bringing the eternal into transient is a later story but initially this stepping back comes automatically when in life things happen situations come people all the reactions everything is going to come up so we have to ask only one thing do i value this or do i value my relation with the eternal my contact with the eternal answer will be obvious and this is what she is reminding us oh lord how ardently my aspiration rises to thee give us the full consciousness of thy law the the word thy law is literally the dharma so make us fully aware because dharma is not a set of rules and regulations repeatedly dharma is not okay when we don't have the law the divine law then it's okay we have to guide our life through certain do's and don'ts which must be flexible enough they change evolve but dharma becomes more and more subtle as we evolve as we grow conscious the dharma changes if you look at the indian idea of the chaturvarna you will see it's very interesting the one who is engaged in works which are of a menial kind dealing with physical life can lead a life which is licentious can drink can do it's not regarded as bad or evil okay so for a vaishya there are some more prescriptions and proscription kshatriyas could drink they could marry but their main duty was that protect the people uh, who are under you like you have to protect the um, you know against injustice against unrighteousness that's their duty they were just by that they were not just by whether they are drinking or whether they are you know marrying more than once but people often say why were brahmin regarded as somebody of the highest order look at their life i when i read this for the first time i was amazed and surprised that is there any brahmin really left the brahmins were 
not supposed to marry more than one person. This ek patni vrat was only for Brahmins. They were no, not supposed to earn money. And how do they manage? State was supposed to look after them. That's why you will see Brahmins going. It was not like they are begging for arms. Because they are giving knowledge. But they can't give knowledge asking money. So how do they support themselves? Bhiksham Dehi. It was later on it degenerated into beggars standing on the road and that was not the idea. It was like I receive and when they, when you get the bhiksha, it was not like modern times that okay, how much is the check you are giving and if you get, when people went for receiving something um, from someone, from a family, you were supposed to take for that day what you need and if it is complete, no more. Now, of course, Brahmins were not bhiksham dehi, but I am talking of those who took to sannyas. For Brahmins, they were supposed to get dakshina in return of what they gave. Dakshina was to be given in freedom. And the kings, they looked after them because, you know, those who were worth, because they realized that and what was their life's mission? They were not supposed to just have a, you know, enjoyable life. Let's go like Kshatriya, let's have a party, let's do. They were supposed to engage in receiving knowledge, which meant tapasya. It was not just study of scripture, study of scripture, leading a life of chastity, purity, inner and outer purity, all these things. So when we look at this way, we see that law itself changes. And if you go beyond that, into the spiritual consciousness, which goes beyond all these four varnas, then only one thing matters. It is your closeness to the divine. When somebody asks that, um, you know, what about duty towards parents and others? He said, "You, if you have turned to the divine, you have no more any duty. As long as you have not turned, then you have the duty. So, in Indian thought, there was nothing like, Put a column, black and white. Law is set of do's, don'ts. It is required at an early level when we have an unthinking humanity. But as we grow, the law becomes very subtle, plastic, which is what is happening today. Human consciousness is evolving. So here she is saying, as we become fully conscious, the law itself changes. So this is what happens. So we have to grow in consciousness. And when we grow in consciousness, we become aware of the divine law. At one stage, what was valid becomes invalid at another stage. The constant perception of thy will. So, constant perception. Again, it's not like God wants this for all times, for all humanity. <laughs> it's, you know, the Ten Commandments. It, it doesn't operate like that. His disclosure at each moment may be very different in different individuals. So that our decision may be thy decision and our life solely consecrated to thy service and as perfect an expression as possible of thy inspiration. So she says that I want to follow your will not with the idea to go to heaven and have a seat there but because life should be that very naturally it should be an expression of your will, your inspiration so I should act Speak everything under your inspiration. That is the purpose. Some people say, oh, better you obey. what, Follow what God has written. Why? Because otherwise you will tor be tortured in hell. Or you will, if you follow it, you will get a seat in heaven. So as long as we need these rewards, 
for what we are doing, then we are very crude in consciousness. That I have done goodness, I have been an honest person, therefore I must receive a reward in heaven. I am not really following the law. O Lord, dispel all darkness, all blindness. May everyone enjoy the calm certitude that thy divine illumination brings. So then she is saying that, and when will this happen? When will we become fully conscious of your law? When will we love, live only by thy inspiration and your will? When darkness vanishes. Why? Because it keeps blind spots and then it distorts all blindness. And then she says, not only for me, but everybody, calm certitude that thy divine illumination brings. So the sign that you are receiving an intuition, often people say, how do I know that this is what is the divine indication? There is that calm certitude. You know for sure within that this is the thing to be done. What about desires? They will bring lot of restlessness. But the divine will always come with the calm certitude, carrying within itself the power to execute, the knowledge of how it has to be done and the surety of the result. All these are combined together. That is the <coughs> sign of the divine certitude. That certitude of calm illumination, calm certitude of thy illumination, which is what we see in Shurabindu. When he was told, go to Chandanigar, go to Pondicherry. Outwardly, he may not have known what is going to happen. But there was this calm certitude of the illumination. A logical man would have said, but is it the right thing to do? Should I? Pondicherry, I don't know. I am settled here. I don't even know what kind of people are there. This is how people will. But this is how the calm certitude comes with the divine <laughs> illumination. February 17th, 1914 O Lord, how ardently my aspiration rises to Thee. Give us the full consciousness of Thy law, the constant perception of Thy will, so that our decision may be Thy decision and our life solely consecrated to Thy service and as perfect an expression <laughs> And as perfect an expression as possible of thy inspiration. O Lord, dispel all darkness, all blindness. May everyone enjoy the calm certitude that thy divine illumination brings. How will we know the intuition? When the calm certitude comes, you know it is intuition. If you are not sure of it, if you have to ask it, possibly it is either not intuition or it is something mixed. Inspiration always brings this calm certitude of truth. Mother says this is one of the qualities that the supramental being will have about the true knowledge. She was asked, how do we know about true knowledge? She says it, it is always accompanied with a calm certitude. You know that this is the thing. All logic may outwardly refute it. But deep within you know that this is the thing. And then one has to follow it. Namaste.